We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. We're here. I wish I could keep this feeling. I wish I could keep this feeling. What up, everybody? Welcome to another week, another episode of The Corner Podcast. I guess this is actually our second episode this week. So it's the same week, new episode. You guys know what it is, though. So I am Kel Dansby here with the old man, Andreas Hale. Like always, today we are talking pro wrestling. It is Royal Rumble week, and we are dedicating this entire show to the Royal Rumble. We'll be talking about old school Royal Rumbles in our second segment, some of our best moments. Where do we rank these things? Where do we rank last year's Royal Rumble amongst the best ever? And then at the end, we'll preview this year's 2021 Royal Rumble. It doesn't even seem right that we're in 2021. That feels weird to say. But this is where we're at. No fans. It's going to be a different atmosphere. So we really have to dive into that, how it's going to change, how this year is going to be unique compared to every other Royal Rumble we've ever seen. But to start off, old man, did you get Game GameStop stock this week? Did you get in no. on the trend? Are no, you harboring no, stock? No, no, I, I don't. Yo, that shit is so ridiculous. <laughs> Only because it's the people that have like bought in. Obviously, you know it's it's fabricated, right? It's fabricated inflation. Um, trying to stick it to the man on Wall Street. Which makes a ton of sense. But now that the White House has got a hold of it and they're stopping things, like if you don't get off that stock soon, you're going to get stuck. And I've watched people's like, yeah, I'm a trader now. No, you're not. You know nothing about this business. Like just because somebody on Reddit decided to drive up a stock, it doesn't mean that you know the stock market and how it works. 
and the vast majority of people don't. You just roll the dice, take a risk, and see what happens. Um, but it makes absolutely no sense that GameStop, of all places, would explode on the stock market. It's a, it's a game. It's a joke. But the stock market is always a joke. So, no, I didn't buy it at all. No, I mean, who would buy GameStop stock in 2021? Out of, I, I'm surprised it's still around. It's kind of like Blockbuster. I thought they were closing all their stores like when the pandemic hit. It's hard as hell to find a GameStop still. Not by me. I still go to GameStop. <laughs> you do. You have way too many games. I don't know why you go to GameStop. Like I'm pretty sure you got your new PlayStation and your Xbox pre-ordered and delivered by Amazon. That is correct. You rarely leave your house anyway. Like pre-pandemic, during pandemic, wherever we are now, if we are post-pandemic, maybe nah, still st- in the middle. We're still in the midst of this shit. Yeah. So um, you don't leave your house anyway. And Amazon comes to your crib four times a day. Yeah. But see, for me, all these games, because you know I don't do a lot of digital purchases, I trade them in. And I usually beat games early. That means I get, you know, like 30 bucks on a trade-in or $25 on a trade-in. So you trade it in like five or six games, you get two free games. I can't beat that. Where? How do they give you this credit? You must be a member and then catch yes, them during like I, I'm a pro member. More. I get points. So whenever I cop a game, I get points. So I, you know, I get gift certificates every month. And then, um, and I usually beat games early. That's like my thing. If I know a game is popular, like The Last of Us 2 or something like that, I'll try to finish it in like three weeks. That way, it's still got a good market value. You can take it to GameStop and you get like 30 bucks for it. And if, you, if I bought it on Amazon, it's usually on sale for like 49 bucks. So I've only lost $19 buying a game. You got to learn how to manipulate the system, man. <laughs> I swear to you, it had to be maybe. I was in the height of my gaming. So maybe when I was like 18, 19. I brought 24 games to GameStop. I was like, yo, let's get it. I'm about to do this. I'm going to get a new system. It was one of the Xboxes that like dropped. Maybe it was like Slimmer or something. I don't know. Like when the um, last Xbox One dropped, like the first versions had the fan that was dumb loud. So I was like, no, I got to trade it in. I got to do that. So I was like, all right, let me go. 25 games, and I think I might have traded in a controller. And I swear to you, they gave me like $35.99. Yeah, because you probably had a bunch of games nobody wanted. Like some wild shit. I do have a lot of sports games usually, which depreciate quickly. Yes, the sports games are the worst games to trade in. They never hold their value because usually what happens is you trade them in when the season's over. Nobody's playing these games anymore. That's why, like, you have to, like, I'm a gamer. I play everything. And, like, Nintendo Switch games, for whatever reason, like, this is dumb. I can't believe we're talking about this on the podcast. But Nintendo (laughs) Switch games, for whatever reason, hold their value more than almost any other system. Like, let me see, like, Breath of the Wild, uh, Smash Brothers, you still can get $30 for, Mario Kart, like, $25, $30. Like, people like Switch games, and I've got a ton of them. So when I get done with something, trade them in, stack up. Get something new. The only person GameStop has done right by is you. Yes. <laughs> that is it. You're the only, only person. Um, outside of GameStop and not manipulating the stock market, because, uh, yeah, I don't got extra money to put into stocks right now. Shout out to everyone who has them in a bind. Hopefully, you guys get your money. Pessimistic. Andreas says you won't. And to sell now, hold tight, my brothers. Um, so outside of that though, I was 
cruising down the Twitter timeline as I do from time to time, and I saw you, and I saw your timeline, and I saw you post a very intriguing thing that I was like, you know what? Perfect for the podcast. And that is, what is the saddest R&B song of all time? Oh, man. I posted it. Come on, man. It's DRS Gangsteline. <laughs> what I tell you, the video started playing. No sound yet. <laughs> I clicked into this shit. And I was like, what the hell is this? You and never as heard I this song? As I say that, my wife Elena in the background starts singing this shit word for word. Thank and you. I was like, oh, I ain't West Coast enough for this shit. She's like, you never listened to this? I have never heard that song in my life. And I thought you were trolling me. No. I'm dead ass. When I heard pour a 40 out for my dude, I was like, yo, I'm out of here. Not pour, I, like, I tip a 40 to your memories. Take a drink. <laughs> and I start to think, mm, 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 mm. Listen, I bought that. I bought that on cassette. I bought that album on cassette off the strength of gangsterly. Now, mind you, I went to school with like a bunch of gang members, so you know all of them were singing it because all the homies were dying. So they were like, they would come to school and they turn up around the Pyrus and Gerson Park and they just be sad. And I was like, wow, this is really resonating with y'all. This is for my homies. And the other dude comes in. This is for my homies. Well, well. (laughs) <laughs> yes, this song is so sad because it's so real. This cassette tape had a song called Scoundrels Get Lonely Too. Oh, man. This, this, <laughs> if anybody's heard this, listen, look, I consumed a lot of music. This is why I got in the music industry because I consumed a ton of music. Scoundrels Get Lonely Too used to crack me up because I was like, I never thought a song would be called Scoundrels Get Lonely Too. Scoundrels Get Lonely Too. This album sucked, all right? Aside from Gangsta Lean, this album is straight trash. But Gangsta Lean, really sad song. The only other sad song that comes close to Gangsta Lean is uh, Aaron Hall's I Miss You. And that music video was fucking miserable. song's not sad, the music video. Yeah, but that's what makes that song so sad is that video and watching Aaron Hall break down. And I remember being a kid and being like, it's not R. Kelly? I was just like, what the fuck? What? No? All right, that's the dude from Guy. He's not R. Kelly. Where's public announcement? <laughs> What's going on? I'm so confused. But that that song. But yeah, DRS, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. That's DRS, Gangsta. Oh, that's what it stands for. Saddest R&B song of all time. Wow. Okay, one. How is Boys to Men not number one? I what feel song? like they have like three on there. What song? A bunch of begging ass. And I love Boys to Men. But all I do is beg. What's sad? What's the saddest song Boys and Men got? Water Runs Dry? That ain't sad. <laughs> Nobody died sad. in that song. Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, their homies were getting smoked and they were tipping 40s to their memories. Come on, man. It's not the same thing. Boys it's and Men so hard to say goodbye? It's like, that's just, that's inherently sad. To it's the in, fact that they used it for every graduation for like a decade. Yeah, and you just cry I mean, with your friends like, yo, I'm never going to see you again on some real shit. Look, I get it. And I used to like that. I, I still like that song. It's so hard to say goodbye to yesterday. And it's used in every goddamn movie. and Every, no, every man. funeral. Listen, everything. From the block, man. I took my 40 to your memories. There's nothing There's nothing that comes close to tipping 40s to somebody's memories. And then and they were singing it. You scoundrel. Yo, these cats were ragged up. Like, these, they were, they were wearing their rags. 
singing about their homies getting smoked. I thought this was spectacular and sad. Oh, gang banging on an R&B track. Yeah, man. That, what wow. a time like the early 90s was. I always say it all the time. There was an album by the Bloods and Crips. There, a bunch of gang members got together and was like, yo, we should start rapping as a unit. What should we call ourselves? Bloods and Crips. Word. What should we name the album? <laughs> banging on Wax. What? Like, this was ridiculous, man. I can't believe this stuff actually happened. When we talk about music today and we start talking about how ridiculous and dumb it is when we listen to some of the shit, look, the 90s gets no pass. There was, this, like, there was HWA. Do you remember HWA? Hoes with Attitude? No. Yes. Hoes with Attitude. Attitude? D- listen, if you're listening to this song, Google it. Look at the the album cover. I bought it because I bought everything. Hose H W A. Hose with attitude. That, Not to be confused with the conscious daughters because oh. conscious daughters were dope. But H O E Z. It's not even not even with an S. They're spicy. They threw the Z in there. Early nineties. Nobody spelled anything correctly. Ever composed of jazz diva and baby girl. Yes. Hoes with attitude. They were hoes. Compton. They embraced their hoism. Incredible. Man. And it was that's... terrible. It was so bad. Hilarious. Hoes with attitude. That is bad. So yes, In my they... generation of music, like <laughs> I, would, I would say Carl Thomas Emotional also gets a vote for me. Yeah, I don't call that sad. Motherfucker singing in a, in a bathtub. Like, a turtleneck? When you're hurt and singing in a turtleneck? A cream turtleneck? You know that's pain. See, no, I don't care about broken relationships, faded pictures on broken glass. Those are like great songs that you cry to when you break up with somebody. But when you're singing about somebody getting murdered, that's sad. You can get your <laughs> feelings back sad. in order. You know what I'm saying? You like you can get yourself together. It's a breakup, right? Because what happens? You break up with somebody, and at first you're sad, and then you hate their guts forever, right? So after after that song, you start you know your your secondary life of being a hoe and whatever it is that you do to get back. But when somebody dies, they're dead. They're not coming back. You don't hate them. You're sad. Tip of forty, their memories. Gangsterly. <laughs> That's ridiculous. All right, what's the saddest rap song of all time? This, this is where tough. it gets tricky Yeah I'll let you go first Because I've got a list of sad rap songs And I'm going to go through them in my head while you do this Saddest rap song To me it, it goes one and then everything else Underneath And to reminisce over you is like the saddest Rap song in the history of rap It's also one of the greatest songs in the history of rap It's an incredible song So to reminisce over you Is number one for me Everything else under that is semantics Um Outside of that, though, one that I hate, but I, I'd be remiss if I didn't say it, is Bone Thugs and Harmony, of course. <laughs> it became too much of a hit to be sad. Yeah, like, they, they played it out. But Crossroads, Uncle Charles? Yes. Like, come on. You felt for Uncle Charles, y'all. Like, mm. that shit was sad from from the jump. Yeah. There's some sad songs, yo. Yeah, that, see. To re- it, they reminisce over you as the saddest song. They Reminisce Over You is a sad song, but it was also a jam. And it's hard to be sad when the song is jamming, right? It's like, oh, man. <laughs> okay. It's like, them horns, it's like, man, the this horns. song's incredible. Whew. Pete Rock put his foot into that. And C.L. Smooth obviously delivered lyrically, and it's an, it's an amazing song. To me, it's not the saddest. We talk about sad songs. Here's a few of them that come off the top of my head. 
DMX is slipping is a sad, depressing, miserable song. That's a miserable song. It's just absolutely miserable. Like another sad, miserable song, Biggie's Suicidal Thoughts. He fucking kills himself at the end. That is sad. Then you have songs like uh, Organized Confusion, Stray Bullet. It it was the precursor to Nas's I Give You Power. And the detail that Pharaoh Monts and Prince Poe talk about this bullet tearing through the schoolyard children's flesh is unbelievable. Unfortunately, you can't find this song. is never going to be on iTunes, I believe. Not, it wasn't Payday Records. I can't remember the record label. Went defunct and the stream services are no longer existing. If you want to buy it on CD, it's like 40 bucks. But that song <laughs> is just sad because it's like, Jesus Christ, man. Like These bullets are murdering people. And it's far superior to Nas's I Gave You Power. And I don't give a shit what anybody says. And I love I Gave You Power. But Pharaoh Monch is incredibly underrated as MC. Another song that's sad and was supposed to be sad. Well, Puff Daddy and the Families, I'll Be Missing You. Biggie yeah. had just died. Yeah. That was I mean, pretty that miserable. Was, that was really sad. Weren't I you mean, in that video? I was in that We'll Always Love Big Papa video. Oh, okay. Never mind. Yeah, yeah. I was on the set of the other one. I wasn't in it. But yeah, I'm one of the, the kids on the stoop. We'll always love Big Papa. Yeah, so that video. that's a sad. Those song. actually all my friends. We just came from the hood, and they put us all in the video. Uh, other another song that I'm thinking of, um, Common's Retrospective Life with Lauren Hill, uh, with Lauren singing "I Never Dream You Leaving the Summer" and commenting about abortion. It's like Jesus Christ. Yeah, like this Lauren song. has a lot of sad fucking songs. That's, by the way, that's a sad. Like Lauren, Lauren, she has a lane for sad ass songs. Yeah, on, on the low. That's that Common's Retrospective Life is a sad song. Um, Kendrick, sing about me and I'm dying of thirst. That's a pretty goddamn sad, sad song. It's, God, I love that song. It's an incredible, incredible song. But man, I remember the day the album, the day the album leaked, the day after is when Kendrick came out here and we did, we got him to decode "Sing About Me," the first part of that that song, and we were just talking about it. And Jay Z has since taken it down from YouTube, but I have it. I have all these videos saved. And like the way the detail he talks about it, because it's part of a true story. And it's like, man, that's that's really fucking sad. Now I'm gonna dig into my bag of like super underground shit that's sad. Uh, <laughs> R.A. the Rugged Man's un, uh, Uncommon Valor, where he talks about being in the Vietnam War and murdering kids and, and not knowing why he's there. Incredibly sad and miserable. It's like I can't believe like in R.A. the Rugged Man, another underrated lyricist, crazy voice. But the storytelling on that is like, man, it makes you think like America's fucked up. That's a sad song. Going deeper than that, Cage, if anybody remembers Cage, Ballad of Worms, off uh, that song about drugs and a girl dying, like of meningitis and like skin deteriorating, it's gross. And it's yes. sad because it's, like, it's, uh, it's addiction's it's a bitch. And it's like, wow, that song is really miserable and sad. So those songs are sad. That's when I think about sad. Like, They Reminisce Over You is a sad song, but man, you play that song, people start dancing, and it ain't sad no more. It's true. I mean, the, the heart of the song is sad. Yes, the, the um, intent of the song is sad, but it's hard to be a sad song when it's like, when your head's bobbing to it, like, yo, this, them uh, horns? Pff, forget about it. Styles P, P, my brother, always gets me. It's off his first album. Yeah, see? That shit is wild sad after his brother died. DMX is slipping. It's just like, to know this man is just drifting into depression, that's pretty goddamn sad. It's DMX not really jamming like that either. Shit. Cole sad. got some sad shit that I can't even pick out of the out of the pile, but Cole got some sad shit. Mac, yo, the saddest shit, like, if you're talking about, like, videos and, like, optics, like, the Mac Miller 
Tiny Desk concert. I can't even watch that shit. No, I, yeah, I won't. Of, uh, what is that, 2009? I think the name of the song. Yeah, 2009. Yeah. yeah. And, like, the just him, like, that song itself is sad as fuck. That might make my list. Like, I'm just, you looking back at everything now, that shit is sad. Oh, you know another sad song? Jay-Z and Beans, Where Have, I, where have You Been? Oh, yeah. yeah. I was just talking about this. Uh, I was talking about the first Beans album with someone yesterday. Beanie had potential to be great. Beans had some, like, some real feel in music. Yeah, he did. Beanie would have you in your feelings on some hood shit. Yeah. But Where Have You Been? Man. Just in the way that Beans delivers his verse, getting choked up and shit in the middle of his verse, that's sad. Yeah. The Scarface, Jay. Oh, Can't Be Life? Can't Be Life. Scarface's verse. And yeah, I, look, yeah, just Jay. Jay is incredible, but there, there's sometimes that he gets put put under the table because somebody just knew they had to come with it. And Scarface mm. came with it on that joint. That's sad. That that shit was sad because you feel like every word of that shit. Mm. That's, that's Scarface. That's when people leave. Like when Funkmaster Flex left Scarface off the list, I was like, "What the fuck is wrong with you?" Scarface <laughs> is one of the best storytellers in hip hop. That voice is is such a presence. So when it carries weight when he said when he means something. Another sad song, artist storytelling, Outcast. Pretty sad. original. Uh, part two. I was about to say original or part. Part two. Part, part two. two. Uh, no, might be part one. Why can't I think right now? Somebody's gonna jump on my say, damn mentions too. Yeah, there's. A, so I say, wait, there's a couple. Part one. I think I'm. I might be thinking of part two. No. No, it's That's part one. That's when I have to go and listen. It's part one. It's part one. I'm pretty sure it's part one. All right. Outcast. That's weird because Outcast isn't known for like super sad shit. But yeah, I think you might be right onto that one. Yeah. On that one. It's sad. Yeah, there's a lot of weird shit. And I never listened to like horrorcore. Horrorcore had some weird shit. That was weird. That wasn't necessarily sad. That was weird. <sighs> Yeah, yeah, there was just, but like, what was yeah, the joint I, that went? It's, 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 I'm sorry, it's part one because I was li- literally like rapping this song in my head as we were talking. Susie Screw's <laughs> verse, Andre 3000's verse about oh. Susie Screw. Okay, I'll give you that. One thing I don't want on the list, and I'm, listen, I'm biased, right? Grew up East Coast, all this shit. Don't bring no Tupac, Brenda's got a baby on my list. Why? No, I get the fuck out. No. Like, to me, that's. That song, to me, I get it. It was an impactful song. I love the the theme of it in in the time. Like, yo, people were talking about like abort. Like, he painted one hell of a picture. But I, the emotion out of it, like, it, it doesn't make me feel sad. Like, it's just a story to me. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of you know, so many tears was a little bit more uh, heavy and emotional weight than Brenda's got a baby. Yeah, and Tupac like was really in his bag on that entire album. Me against the world's best, best album. Yes, by far. I was about to say that you, you by far. That's his best I'll album. fight anybody. Like people that say, you know, all eyes <laughs> on me. It's like, no, man. Me against the world is by far Tupac's best album. And and me against the world is, it's just, it ain't too long. It like songs like Temptations. Like yo, Tupac was just yeah. But Brenda's got a baby is a great story, but it's not like super sad like andre 3000 talking about susie screw being in the back in the dumpster with a needle in her arm with a baby two months due that's fucking sad 
Damn, Dre has some good verses. Hey, man. I wish this man made a solo album, but yeah, never happened. All right. So hip hop was a little bit more difficult to pinpoint the saddest songs. Yes. We went with all like recent songs. You dug into the underground bag a little bit. I'm surprised none from the 80s came up. 80s shit wasn't, I guess the 80s shit had too much bounce. Yeah. I mean, the thing about the 80s was <laughs> the style of rap made it difficult for its songs to be sad. Like even like the message, right? It's like Yeah. That was deep more than sad. Yeah, but it's just like the 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 style of rhyming, right? It it doesn't lend itself to necessarily being emotional. Like MCs didn't necessarily become poets until around the time Rakim was was there. And that's when rappers weren't just like putting words together as dope as they were. Like Run DMC, like they couldn't make a sad song. They wouldn't know how. It was just a different time. But once Rakim came around, then MC started really figuring out how to emotionally emote into their lyrics. The game changed. So I can, 80s, it's just really hard. You know, it's like LL Cool J, like, does he like have a pink cookies in a plastic bag and crush by buildings? <laughs> like, LL got, I need love. Like, that was his version yeah. of, like, I want to be emo and sad. Yeah, so it's it wasn't the same. Like, MC, oh, Immortal Technique, Dance with the Devil. Wow. That's, that's like, the horrorcore shit, though. That like, shit that, is... Dance with the Devil went viral. Like, hey. that's, that's the most fucked up song I may have ever heard. Yo, gang rape, like, come on. Like, and I know Tech. And I remember <laughs> Tech used to intimidate me just by seeing his face. Like I, me and Tech were been friends for a while, and when I when the first time I flew, he always had like a permanent scowl on his face. And I remember we were riding in the car together, and he was sitting in my back seat, and I was like, "Yo, what made you write that shit?" And he was just talking about you know the time he was incarcerated, and he was just angry, and he wanted to tell a story. I was like, "Man, that's a fucked up story." If you have never listened to it, go listen to Dance with the Devil, and just make sure like. When you listen to it, don't have people you don't know around you because they're going to be like, yo, what's wrong with you? Oh, yeah. No, you can't listen to that like in a public setting. No, you got to listen to that in private with some headphones on. Don't have your kids around. It, that Dance with the Devil is a fucked up song. Yeah, no, that shit just puts you in a whole different... But I remember being in like eighth grade and everyone's like, yo, you got to listen to this shit. Mm-hmm. Like, you have to listen to this. Like, oh, okay, cool. Like, dope. And then listening to it be like, no. <laughs> like, no, like, I don't... I'm good, but that shit was captivating. And that beat is We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Just so crazy. Yeah, it's just a really goddamn sad song. I feel like there's a common song that's sad as fuck, and I, I'm missing it. I told you, Retrospect to so Life. Retrospect to Life is a sad song. Abortion is sad. 
killing your kids. Yeah. It's sad. Not give, <laughs> yes, I'll give I'll give you that. There's there's, there's no uh, no denying that one. All right, so we went through our sad songs for today. It's time to pick up the energy. We got to talk Royal Rumble, so we're gonna take a quick break. This we might be back. sad too. It's all pro wrestling. No sad. We're gonna reminisce first. Okay. We're gonna talk about the glory days and the good old days of the Royal Rumble, and then we'll bum you out again towards the end. So you guys don't go anywhere. We'll be. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything, which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts. Annie had an earache on a Saturday of all days. So her mom brought her to Minute Clinic at CVS, where you can see a provider, fill a prescription, and grab essentials like pain relief products, all in one visit. Even on evenings and weekends, you can even see us online with telehealth options. For quality, affordable care on your schedule, visit Minute Clinic at CVS. That's healthier made easier. Services vary by location. See MinuteClinic.com for details. Right back. All right, we'll be back to the show in a second. But first, everyone, I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is a perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll be able to get your show pushed on Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is you can get all of this for only $15 a month, the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you for just for the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com backslash join. Check out the description box for the episode to find out more, but that's bwhustle.com slash join. Just that quick, we are back. I tried to up the energy, but it looks like we got to talk about stupidness before we get into the rumble and reminiscing. The Undertaker. Oh. Trey, he, Come on. I forgot he had some comments this week. The Undertaker is now abandoned kayfabe, Mark Calloway. Um, he's going on and doing these interviews, and he was on someone's show. I didn't even write it down. It slips my mind. Nonetheless, he was on this show. And he's talking about the glory days in the locker room and how the locker room has changed from then till now. Because obviously he's been through three decades of locker rooms. Yeah. And he complains in this interview about people in the back now. They loosely complains. He says it kind of jokingly, but there was a lot of truth in it. 
and he says, oh, people in the back now are just concerned with playing video games and looking pretty. Back in his day, there were real men mm-hmm. who had like knives in their bags and smoking in the locker room. Cigarettes are something I think he insinuated. Yeah. But I'm sure more was being done. Of course. I feel like the amount of superstars we've lost from those times should be just the easiest thing to point at when you say, you know what, Taker, I think stuff has changed for the best. Wrestlers weren't seeing 40. No. Not even close. Taker's like, I think if we pulled up Survivor Series 91, Taker might be the last living person on his team. Wrestling is the only business that I can think of. I mean, because, you know, like 80s NBA is like, yo, yo, they would have fucked LeBron up, right? And it's true. Yeah. They would have. That doesn't necessarily make it better. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, people are getting concussions, right? Like, helmet-to-helmet collisions in the NFL are bad. And people know that. And you'd be like, oh, yo, Steve Atwater would have murdered everybody. That's probably yeah. true. But nobody wants to see anybody get murdered on the football field. So they make changes for the better. Pro wrestling is one of the few industries that still go, the glory days were great. And it was like, yo, y'all were taking drugs. Y'all were, like, killing each other. Like, like Bruiser Breaking Brody. people's necks. Yeah, like, come on, man. Like Regularly. Like, um, West Side Gun just put out the video for uh, Liz and Luger, right? And when I saw it, I was like, oh, this is a nod to Miss Elizabeth and Lex Luger. And then I was like, oh, this is a nod to Elizabeth and Lex Luger. Like, yo, this is, the glory days weren't that glory. Like, you should be happy that these guys are playing video games. I would be playing video games. And fuck you, Taker. Um, <laughs> but it's like, what do you, you want them to do drugs and, like, rape women and, like, stab each other? Is that what you want? Is those, like, the glory days? You should be happy that the locker room is soft. I don't need people getting murdered, stabbed, fight. I, I, we don't need all that. We don't need to There's call no the glory There's no need days. for takers in this locker room. No, man. Like, get out of here. The whole wrestling court shit and feeling like you're a judge and everyone comes to you and you're the big bad guy. That shit's unnecessary in today's locker room. No, and, and look, man, I I mean, there's still going to be conflict, right? We've all, a lot of us heard about yeah. Seamus getting beat up on an airplane. Like, we have hear, we hear stories about, like, Batista. Like, <laughs> yeah, that was a long time ago. Yeah, but, you know, the, the fights happen, right? It's just, it's the nature of the beast. But when the entirety of your locker room is, like, doing drugs and, like, dying from drugs, and then you hear stories, like, about Dino Bravo getting murdered over, like, cigarettes and shit, that's not cool. And nobody like don't talk about that as the glory days. Say you should say like, yo, I'm glad things have changed. Even if you're the Undertaker, say that your era was kind of fucked up. It's okay. It is okay. Yeah. Jericho was molly whopping people on the regular, I believe. So they say. Like a yeah. side, like a hockey hooligan. That's that. It's, I don't know, man. When I when I hear Taker, it you know between that and his you know the the blue line and all of his don't tread on me shit, it makes a whole lot of sense and it's. I know people in the locker room respect him, but I know there's a lot of cats who are like, fuck Undertaker. And just won't say it out loud, but it's like, come on, man. Like, he wore, yo, he wore his Don't Tread on Me and all his shit all through his documentary. And then he says shit like this. And the first person I think of, obviously, is Xavier Woods. I'm like, so Xavier Woods is soft and plays video games and, and you know, uh, you know, Dolph Ziggler thinks, you know, he wants to be pretty. It's like, what's wrong with that? All that to say, shut the fuck up, Taker. No one wants to hear that shit. No one. 
is video games greater than taking hardcore drugs. Yeah. I'll say that. Like, if they, no, if they were playing Sega and fucking Super Nintendo in the locker room, maybe Shawn Michaels would have lost his smile. <laughs> like, like, you know, there's it would have saved some shit back in the day. So, yeah, it's ridiculous. What a, That's the dumbest hot take. You think I have crazy hot takes. Video games are ruining wrestling, brother. Yeah, shut up. <laughs> yeah, man, Taker is wild. Uh, let's talk about Royal Rumble, though. It is Royal Rumble weekend. It feels kind of anticlimactic because for the first time, we're coming up on a Royal Rumble without fans. It's weird. And I'm, I've been watching Royal Rumbles, too, and I'm like looking at fans mark out when people come out, and I'm like, yo, this is going to be so strange. I watched the 2020 Royal Rumble. I'm watching that. Packed now. full of fans. Like, Drew Mack just kicks Brock out of the ring, and people lose their fucking minds. How you, You're not having that this year. No, nah, none of that. And uh, it seems so distant, but it was just last year, this time. We were thinking we were going to WrestleMania. We got to Airbnb. Yeah, we were We were real close to having We were planning shows. Yeah. We were, we, were, we were on the road to WrestleMania, and all that shit came to a halt. So it, it's crazy, like, looking back. But I feel like we can go through memory road with all of, rest, with all of Royal Rumble today, starting with... Dre, what is your first Royal Rumble memory? My first distinct Royal Rumble memory is Hogan and Warrior in the ring, like shaking, like they're convulsing in front of each other. Like, I remember nothing about that Royal Rumble. I just remember seeing those two and going, oh, shit. Like, that's all I can remember <laughs> is, is like, they're, oh, they're going to collide. The mega power, like, they're, I can't wait. I was just so, the ultimate maniacs, like, I just couldn't wait. So that's like my my fondest and earliest memory of the Royal Rumble because those Royal Rumbles are really forgettable. You go back and watch them joints, you know, like Big John Studd and Hacksaw Jim Duggan, and you and you watch it and you're like, can't none of these fools win? They had a lot of filler in a lot of Royal Rumbles. Like, oh, the Bushwhackers were ultimate filler. Yo, Bushwhackers were like the greatest jobbing tag team because they'd win some matches and that's like the benefit of a squash match right but then when you put them up to against like the Samoan SWAT team or the Hart Foundation you just get out there and get murdered but yeah they'd always come out and I always think like as a kid because you don't necessarily think wrestling's fake at the time and I'd be like why do y'all keep entering and losing like stop being stupid and but no they wouldn't the Bushwhackers always got like Hacksaw Jim Duggan this man carried a two by four I'm like why don't you use this shit more often (laughs) Baby face can't hit people with a two by four. I I didn't I didn't care. I just wanted I just wanted carnage, and the, the Royal Rumble was like carnage to me. But as I as I got older and I started looking back and watching it, I was like, yo, a lot of these shits were really boring. Just the ones of guys doing rest spots where you like pick them up in the corner, and there's like three guys holding guy up, and you can see them like trying to get a breath, and they're just holding them. It's like, why don't you just you know? I remember playing WrestleFest as a kid, and you had to, to smash the red button so you could throw him out. I'm like, yo, smash the red button. Get, get him the fuck out of there. Why are you holding this guy up against the ropes for like 10 minutes till the next person comes out? Oh, yeah, that's tough. They used to have mad time in between people. Yo, them clocks never work. Have you ever At timed all. a roll rumble, and you'd be like, yo, the first person is like, all right, two minutes. And then be like, yo, it's been like seven minutes since somebody came out. <laughs> yeah. uh, one of my top rumbles of all time is like that. Where it's like, yo, this shit, they just forgot about the clock. Um, but, oh, yeah, that that was wild. I think, what, that was, 
What year was that with Hogan? Yours. 89? Mm, um, Jesus. I want it. Let's see. WrestleMania 5 was 1990? Is that 90? Might be. So that might be 90 before WrestleMania 5? Yeah, because it was WrestleMania 5. Because I'll, I'll never forget because Hogan and Warrior was like still yeah. like the pinnacle of like WrestleMania. Was champ versus champ. Yeah, I in the match sucked, but you know, going into it as a kid, babyface versus babyface. Oh my god! When I was a kid, I loved that match, and I was rooting for Warrior the whole time. Yeah, it was, it was such a mark. And it's funny because even now, like, w- like when you go back and you watch that Royal Rumble, and you watch as Hogan's like drifting away, and Warrior standing there, and Hogan Hogan has this look on his face like, man, we done fucked up. <laughs> like we done gave, <laughs> we done put the title on the wrong man. But in retrospect, neither of them should have had the title. Fuck them both. Both of them were yeah. racist and assholes. Isn't that nah, crazy? Savage should have had the title at that point. Whatever, though. So, <laughs> my first Royal Rumble memory is, and it's crazy because I remember having those cards and everything, but I remember WrestleManias more than Royal Rumbles back then. Um, my first Royal Rumble memory that was like super clear is Bret Hart Lex Luger. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I remember watching that and like, yo, no one won, <laughs> and I was so confused. I was just like, nobody won this, and the fact, like, going back and watching it today, they touched at the exact same time. Yeah, how do you do that? I it's still mind boggling of a spot. So whatever, that's the only thing, and I never bring it up during the who's better, Sean or Brett conversations. Because I'm still amazed by Bret Hart. I just attribute it to him being that good. He was. That he's like, yo, Luger, just hit the ground. But trust me, I'm going to time this shit perfectly. And this motherfucker touches the ground at the same time. It's like magic. Yo, it's, it's amazing how good Bret Hart was and how terrible Lex Luger was. They really tried with the Lex Express and all that shit. I was, <laughs> for a second, I loved the Lex Express. Mm-hmm. And then I think... He's like when he slammed Yokozuna, I was kind of like, all right, this shit's over. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, yeah, I'm I'm done. Like, I get it, but I'm done. Like, it wasn't wasn't for me. I think Yokozuna might have beat Brett like the month before or some shit. And then Lex just like suplex, like slams him, power slams him. And just like, what the fuck? Like, no, I don't believe this shit. And then they went into the weird Lex Luger bionic elbow thing. Oh, God. Where it wasn't the torture rack anymore, which was the coolest part of Lex Luger ever. Yeah, the rack was great. That bionic elbow shit was dumb. That shit was horrible. And then uh, when I got a little older and I went back and, like, Blockbuster video was a thing. And I actually got the video from, like, WCW. And I was like, what the fuck is Lex Luger doing as a four horseman? (laughs) He was given every opportunity. People complain about like Roman Reigns being pushed down, our throats as fans. That ain't shit compared to Lex Luger. Uh, but I mean, you know, the thing about Luger though, like, okay, so one of my early memories of just pro wrestling in general um, was like Luger Flair feuds, and I was like, why do I remember this so fondly? Because, and I know why, is because I was I was a body guy. So when I saw Lex Luger, I was like, how is this guy not the champion? Look at him. He looks ridiculous. And then as you get older and you watch him work, he's like one of the worst sellers I've ever seen in the business. <laughs> every every time he gets hit, he goes, oh, God, oh, God. Like, if you go back and watch Luger stuff. But 
he lost a lot. He like he would get right there, he lose the flare. He lost the flare at Starcade eighty eight true true grit. Is that the one? Um I believe Flair like rolled up the tights. I'm trying to remember this. Um But he never really got to the top. Like Roman actually held the title and was hated. Luger just he just wouldn't win. <laughs> like he just he couldn't win. Like, dude, he beat Hogan in the NWO. Do you remember this? Yes. He racked Hogan and had Hogan submit. And they just, yeah. and they just like flipped the result. They were like, fuck it. No, it's not going to go. And everybody was so excited. They held Luger up. And the next week, Hogan had the belt back. And you're like, what's going on? Luger was like, Luger was never the guy. He looked like he was supposed to be the guy. But he was just never the guy. Sting was the guy. Not Luger. He just wasn't great in ring. Like, I don't know what he did. Dog, he sucked. He sucked. He just looked amazing. He was a body guy. Looked, looked spectacular, but he sucked. So the fact that Brett was able to even carry that log of muscle in, in Icapro to goddamn to touch on the outside at the same time is spectacular. Oh, it incredible. And that's like my earliest memory of the Royal Rumble. And I still don't know how that shit's done. So now we're here and I'm just like, man, Brett... Brett was really good. There's nothing wrong with being the second best of all time. That man is amazing. Um, And then next question that I have on this list. What are top three matches that occurred at Royal Rumble? Not the Royal Rumble match. Oh, good one. Adjacent. I mean, you know, one of them is obviously Cena, Rollins, Lesnar. I just watched that shit again. That match was absurdly good. Like, right off the top. Um, damn, what else is a really good Royal Rumble match? See, you're just springing this on me, and I got to think. Because I'm thinking, there's a lot of last man standing matches at the Royal Rumble. I feel like that happens a lot. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess we got, like, we got one this year. <laughs> yeah, we, of course, doing it again. They got to kill time, because they never, like, put a ton of matches on there. Um... I'm trying to think back. I feel like CM Punk has had a couple. Uh, no, because see, I, all I remember him is and Punk. Cena had a feud that went into it, right? No, no, Punk lost the title to The Rock. I'll never forget. Oh, that. that was yeah, that was bad, and I was that was unforgivable to me. It was like, why, what, what, like how, how do you? Ugh. But they had to, you know, they had to go twice in a lifetime. Cena Rock too. That was so stupid. I can't even think. I can't even think of the uh, the best Rumble paper because I got to think of the pay per views. Nah, I don't know why you would do this. The first thing that came to my mind is obviously <laughs> Lesnar, Cena, Rollins because that was a sprint. And dog, when Lesnar is clicking, there are few that are better than that dude. When he's on, man. Yo, we don't give Lesnar his fo- his flowers. Yo, watching the Rumble match from last year, he was incredible. Yeah. Incredible. Oh, no, 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 no. There was, let's see, the street fight with Triple H and Cactus Jack. I know there was a tables match because I was watching the 2000 Royal Rumble like two days ago with the Hardys and the Dudleys. That would eventually that was really TLC. Good. Yeah, that was good. And I think Spike got murdered in a lot of those matches. But Spike got murdered a lot. <laughs> Spike, Spike got murdered all the time. That man was a living, like, I just don't know how this man is living today. Because he got obliterated. Uh, yeah, a lot of um, 
Triple H Cactus Jack Street Fight is is one for me. Yeah, that was Royal Rumble two thousand. Okay, yeah, I'm thinking Royal Rumble two thousand might might be the best top to bottom pay per view. Because the matches were better than the, the actual yeah. Rumble, if I remember. Hardy correctly. Boys versus Dudley Boys. That's the tables match. Yeah, okay. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That Which was sense. really good. Um, so, somehow, Chris Jericho was in a triple threat for the IC title with China. Oh, God, I do remember that. Ugh. That that wasn't good. No, not at all. So, um, but no, that one had two really, really good matches. Um, man, yo... 2001, I remember this match. It was really fucking good. Chris Jericho versus Chris Benoit ladder match. Oh yes, that shit was phenomenal. Yeah, see we for can make IC title. Oh, oh, I got one for you. Styles versus Cena, 2017. Cena actually has really good matches towards like the last, the back half of his career. Oh, when he did the open challenge shit. Yeah, like that and on, he crushed it. But Cena Styles had one of the best feuds. I, I, like I, to this day. I can't believe that AJ Styles actually got over as much as he did when he came to WWE. There was a lot of concern when he signed, but that that early Cena feud was gold. He was excellent. Oh yeah. Um, Benoit Jericho also 2001 ladder match. Yeah, that one's incredible. Um, we had a WWE Championship match: Kurt Angle versus Chris Benoit. God, in 2003 this, the murderer shows up a lot man it's it's yo he was he was that good it, it's so, like all the real dog, it's so crazy because you you can't really talk about it in wwe can't really talk about him in their history books but this man like he really man i mean obviously it's unforgivable what he did and it's like Correct. to watch him as a talent and just look at him and see how over he was when he won Wrestlemania and see the feuds that he had and even when you go back to his WCW time him feuding with Kevin Sullivan him finally winning the title in WCW yo I don't, I wonder where we would put Chris Benoit if he wasn't a murderer oh he'd be top five <laughs> he's Pegasus kid like he'd be top five I don't ever, know if he'd be top if he wasn't five. a murderer He's close. On pure skill, like character-wise, I don't know if he gets, you know, put up there. But he's in the Jericho realm. Top 10? I mean, he might be somewhere. Jericho, Eddie, I mean, Kurt. Kurt's another one. As much, Kurt's another one. As much one. as, like, every time I watch Kurt Angle, and I'm, I'm about to go back through his Impact TNA run again. But, man, the fuck was good. <laughs> we, had, we had Edge versus Shawn Michaels as the opening bout in 2005. Jesus. So, yeah. All right. So, we've, we, I mean, we kind of talked about the greatest Royal Rumble matches that weren't yeah. the Royal Rumble. So, those were really good. Um, let's see what else we have. Next question on this, of course, we have to go to the Mount Rushmore of Royal Rumbles. The Royal Rumbles themselves. And where does 2020 stack up all time? I mean, it's in the top five. I think so, right? I'm Absolutely. not bugging. Absolutely. I think I might put it in the fourth slot. Yeah, it was that, that Royal Rumble is like watching it, it was just incredibly entertaining. The hard part about Royal Rumble is to be in, entertaining from top to bottom. And they yeah. figured out how to break this show up and just make it look really good. There was not a lot of dead spots. And on top of that, the best part about the uh, 2020 Royal Rumble is you had no idea who was going to win. So it came as like a genuine surprise when Drew Mack won. Yep. So it's, it's top five Royal Rumble. On the, it's on the Mount Rushmore. And Lesnar's performance for the first 30 minutes is... Dude, him seeing Keith impactful. Lee? 
Yeah, <laughs> it's a big motherfucker. Yeah, he look. It's funny because you think about it because Lesnar clearly doesn't engage with the locker room. So when Keith Lee walked out, Lesnar looked, and I it, clearly you can see on his face, he's like, "Who the fuck is this guy?" Yeah, he's like, "Yo, I've never seen this guy right. before." Insane. Like, yeah, he's like, "Yo, this guy looks pretty damn good." Um, I mean, the spot where Big E comes out is a star-making spot. Yeah. With Kofi and uh, I forgot who else, Ray Mysterio's in the ring, but Big E, with ease, gives Lesnar the big ending, and that shit just looked incredible. Yeah, picked him up like he was nothing. Yeah, no, twenty twenty Royal Rumbles in my Mount Rushmore. So I'll give you mine real quick. Uh, ninety two, you got to put ninety two in there. Yeah, ninety two is my goat of all time. Yeah, it's, it's just it's still number one. The stakes were so high, and then it was Flair. So ninety two, um, I would put. 2006, the Mysterio run, because Ooh. of Eddie. Um, okay. I will put that on my Mount Rushmore, and I'd probably. This is tough. It's between 97 and 2007. 2007 is when we ended up with um, uh, Taker and, and Sean at the end, which ended became a match in itself. Yeah, that was cool. And 97. Was Austin. Austin went 45 minutes in that match. I'll never forget this shit. And this is when Brett threw him out and the referees didn't see it. And Austin yeah. ran back in and tossed <laughs> Brett out. Oh, gold. Stone like this that Royal Rumble, there's 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 so many spots where Austin just dominated. Like when he was throwing everybody out in the beginning, was like, come on, keep bringing them out. And he sits there and, the, and Brett's music hits and, and Austin puts his hands on his head, like, oh shit. I love that Royal Rumble. So actually, I'm probably gonna put that one ahead because the only thing I remember about 2007 is Taker and Sean at the end, which was incredible. But I gotta go with a uh, 97. All right, I'm going 92, the Goat Royal Rumble. Um, shout out to Bobby the Brain, oh, best commentary so work good. ever. So good in that match. <laughs> and then give me this is tough. Give me 2008. John Cena came back in four months. Yeah, I mean, it was such a great at moment. At the Garden. But that, yeah, okay. And, and popped the entire crowd. Biggest pop I think he's ever received. Because, yeah, that was, that was a big moment for Cena. That shit was wild. Um, so that one was really good. I'll take 2020 in there as well. 2007 was good. The Rey Mysterio one wasn't like that dope to me. I was kind of out of it at that point, I guess. You know what? I'll throw a curveball in there. I really liked Royal Rumble 2010. Who the hell won that? Um, on that one, Edge made the surprise return and won, I believe. Oh, yeah. But I went to that WrestleMania. Okay. CM Punk came out and was cutting promos. That was great. Straight edge promos in the beginning. Yes. In between everyone. Yeah. That, that like, straight edge. Till po- Cena eliminated. It's so funny because this is another conversation in its entirety where we can talk about CM Punk. But everybody talks about CM Punk from the pipe bomb. But straight edge society CM Punk was incredible. Like, he oh, was. his best character. He right? was so good in that straight edge mode. And then when he wore the mask. And then his feud with Jeff Hardy. Like, People kind of undermine Punk's greatness. Because as a babyface, 
it was hard because Punk couldn't really cut loose. And they kind of unceremoniously took the title off him when he got like kicked in the head and in the back and he had to vacate the title and they do that stupid-ass scramble match. Clearly, it was not a vote of confidence for Vince McMahon. But Punk? Heel Punk? Oof. Man was incre- that man was great. And that whole Royal Rumble, the reason I can't put that Royal Rumble in there is that after Punk is gone, that Rumble sucks. Well, Cena keeps running the table. Yeah. It's kind of like Super Cena. Um, they go to like a, a spot where it's very Triple H, Shawn Michaels dominant, like to push their storyline. And then, again, Edge shows up and wins. And I think that's like great. He eliminates Cena. Um, I thought that was really dope. So I really liked kind of how it played out. And it wasn't overly long. Yeah. Like, it, it was quick. Yeah, it lulled a little bit in the middle. But, man, that shit started out hot. I think I think he eliminated Beth Phoenix. That shit has been dying all the time. Yeah, he did. See Punk did. Like, that shit was great. Um, outside of, like, Beth Phoenix and, like, great Kali, and she, like, kisses him over the rope. That shit was stupid. That shit was stupid. Um, an honorable mention, 1990 is the one with Ultimate Warrior and Hogan. Yeah, it was a great moment. So I found But it. if you watch that Rumble, it sucks. Yeah, they put too many people in early. I'm looking at the list. Piper, Savage, Jake Roberts, Bret Hart, Dusty Rhodes all came in in the first 10. Yeah. No, if you look, that, like, that one sucks. And the funny thing about 92, if you watch the 92 Royal Rumble, like, it's great because Flair wins, but God damn, did I hate that whole spot with uh, Sid and Hogan. Oh, I hated that shit. That made no fucking sense. I hated it, but other than that, I mean... Because it, it was supposed to be Hogan Flair. Yeah, yeah. And they ruined the best thing possible. Anyway. Vince overthought the room. And then uh, looking at a list now, making sure I didn't forget anything. One that I think is kind of overrated, Royal Rumble 2001. The hell won 2001? Uh, that's where Kane set the record, throwing oh, people out, man. and Stone Cold ends up winning. See, the Stone Cold run after 97, like, Stone Cold run three in a row. And that one, like, the Vince McMahon one, when Vince eliminates him, he won three, not in a row, because Vince McMahon eliminated him. Um, But it was was so Stone Cold dominant that it was, like, just like, you know, Cena showing up, it's like, oh, God, here we go. And even though we all love Stone Cold, it just sucked the drama out of it. That's why I read. it led to WrestleMania X7, which is incredible. Which is the greatest Royal, I mean, WrestleMania of all WrestleMania time. WrestleMania of all time, yeah. But the Rumble itself is kind of like overrated to me. I think because of the end result, people love the Rumble. Yeah, yeah. That's fair. So it was just dominated by Stone Cold. Drew Carey was in that shit. Yeah, that was stupid too. Yeah. Over, that's the most overrated Royal Rumble. So that's our little trip down memory lane for the Royal Rumble. Let's take our last break, come back, and talk about this year's Royal Rumble. Maybe it'll crack our Mount Rushmore. Can they do it back-to-back years? Or will they piss us off and let Goldberg win? We'll let you guys know when we come back. Stay right there. We'll be right back. We'll get right back to the show in a second. But first, the wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be able to be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads to totals to teams, player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, divisions, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. 
Don't forget to use code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, welcome back. Time to talk about the 2021 Royal Rumble. Only five matches announced. You know they'll probably throw another one in there for like a five-minute, six-minute match. And we'll probably get some stuff announced for the pre-show. But for right now, still just focusing on the Royal Rumbles itself. Dre will go through the matches on the card first and then hit both Rumbles. Even though usually they bookend them women either first or last or men's vice versa, you know. So they split those. But we'll go through the regular matches first. A match that makes no sense to me. Asuka and Charlotte Flair versus Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler. All right. Here we go. Yep. Let's let's start. Let's start this. I've I've talked about the disrespect of Oscar for a long time. She's the champ. She's the champ. And we just watched uh Raw, two Raws, the first Raw, she gets basically dominated by Alexa Bliss, right? The next one she gets bailed out by Randy Orton. Meanwhile, Charlotte has a feud with Lacey Evans over her daddy. Somehow, this leads to a tag team title match between Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler? The fuck are we doing here? This is so dumb. Like, why are... I, I'm so confused by the booking of this, but the handling of Asuka is, is baffling. Because I ask you, Kel, she's had the title since May when Becky Lynch gave it to her, basically. Yep. Name a feud that was memorable. Like, she had the match with Sasha. But what else has Asuka done that anybody remembers? Nothing. She's been tag champ with the Kabuki Warriors. And then we get the retirement there. And then Kairi Sane leaves. She stays champ for a while with nothing feuds. I'm not even sure she defended the belt in between that time. And then now Charlotte comes back and she wins the belts again. Tag belts again. And then they've just been in tag team feuds. Yeah, I hate everything. Without any defenses. So... I think it's a matter of time. Um, I'm not sure if it's at this Rumble they set it up or at Mania or even further past that. But Alexa Bliss is going to get the title again in this character. They love giving The Fiend the title. They, they're they going to give the title back to Alexa Bliss. I, I just can't understand. It might be deserving. It might be deserved. I don't... Right? I, like, like Asuka having a forgettable title run is just ridiculous. And I, I just don't understand. You... How the hell is Lacey Evans in a prominent feud with Charlotte Flair, which is like your top feud on Raw, which Raw and SmackDown are like wildly different shows. And Charlotte just came back, got the tag titles. We all knew what she, when, when Charlotte comes, she cannibalizes everything. But yep. you could have an Asuka versus Alexa Bliss match at the Royal Rumble. But why are y'all always bitching Asuka out? I don't understand this. She's the champ. Well, Asuka's going to take the pin in this match. Uh, it might lead to beef between Oscar and Charlotte, or they will be cost by Lacey Evans. Like Charlotte will run, chase Lacey Evans to the back, even Oscar by herself. Oscar eat the pin. So you think Jackson Baszler getting the titles back? Yeah. Oh yeah. Then, then if that's the case, this entire thing was completely fucking pointless. I I have no idea. Oscar's gonna get mad at Charlotte for. Abandoning her, and then they're gonna fight. Yeah, and then Charlotte's gonna win the title back at Mania. I see. I don't think that's what's gonna happen. I 
we'll, we'll get to the Royal Rumble in a minute. But Asuka, if Asuka wrestles Charlotte again and loses at the Royal Rumble, I mean, WrestleMania to Charlotte again, then this is just really out of control. Asuka needs to get her get back by losing to Charlotte and breaking her streak at the Royal Rumble, if that's the direction you're going to go. But I can't understand the logic of this tag team title thing. If you like, there's no heat between Nia, Shayna, Charlotte, and Asuka. Charlotte is involved in a totally different feud. Asuka needs to deal with Alexa Bliss. Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler have been dealing with what? What? Mandy Rose? Hey, yeah. you know who needs to get their get back? Lana. What the fuck happened to her? I don't know what the fuck happened to her. She got bullied and ran. <laughs> and she was and Charlotte gone. came back and they were like, all right, thanks. The whole bully angle was just for Charlotte. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what happened to Lana. We'll see her in the Rumble. So I don't, that's that's about I, it for that one. I, I hate, like, this. when they booked this match, I just looked and I was like, really? Of all, all the matches you could book, and they're all going to be in the Royal Rumble, I guess, with the exception of Asuka. But yeah. this is the, such a nothing-ass match. Tag titles need to be on SmackDown, on the women's tag titles, because I really think the Riot Squad is actually doing tag team wrestling the right way. So it's probably best to give the Riot Squad the titles. They can actually defend them, and they're a pretty good tag team right now. God, Nia Jackson, so she's bad. they are deserving of it, so get it to them. However the hell you got to get it to them. And then, uh, selfishly, I hope that also leads to, you know, them finally giving Billy Kay the boot. Billy Kay's all sad. She needs a partner to challenge them. They're the tag team champions at this point, and giving me the iconics. You're not getting that. It's over. It's not over. It's over. It's not They're over. on two different shows. They'll bring her over. You, you think that matters? Yes. Like, wait, are we are we using logic? Here yes, because no. Billy Kay no. is a much bigger star than Peyton Royce right now. She is. They are not and putting her back with Peyton Royce. They'll put her back. No, they won't. The reunion of and, and on top of that, Billy Kay is more of a comedic. She's more like a, uh, she could win the 24-7 title before she wins the goddamn tag titles with Peyton Royce. Oh, she'd be great as 24-7. Just champion. saying. Like, the Billy Kay is the, a comedy character now. Her, her teaming up with Peyton Royce, like, they did Peyton dirty. Putting her with Lacey Evans was ridiculous and pointless. Made absolutely no sense. It was just some dumb shit that they did. But this tag team match is stupid. It's dumb. I hate it. Yeah, it's dumb. But I think they're dropping the titles. And then a match that's going to be all of five minutes. Drew McIntyre versus Goldberg. It's another match. You know, and I, I didn't mind them finally interacting and then be like this whole Miz Morrison thing needs to go away. There's a couple yo, things. Yo, he still has the briefcase. There's a couple things. Like, yo, Raw is bad. I, if oh. any of y'all watch Raw and can defend this show, it's just a bad storytelling show. And Miz having the briefcase and Morrison, I don't get it. There's still this lingering element of Sheamus, which I don't understand why they've kind of pivoted away unless it's like a decoy and he's going to come back and be mad at Drew McIntyre. And Because I thought that's what was going to happen a long time ago. Remember, Sheamus was the one who gave Drew Mack the sword so he could do his cool little entrance and shit. Yep. I I kind of liked the bromance between them. It was like a weird bromance. Yeah, but then it just disappeared. But Sheamus would be mean as fuck to everyone else. And then even beat the shit out of like McIntyre sometimes. Be like, yo, you want a beer? It's like, yeah, let's go get a beer. Right. Like, that shit was funny. Like, they had something there. Right. And I don't know if you go. I feel like you should go back to it. But it doesn't feel like a WrestleMania match. No. So I, I don't know, like I don't know what Raw is doing. I feel like Raw doesn't know what Raw is doing. I feel like they go week to week and just decide shit. Yeah, Goldberg was like, "Yo, I want to come back," and they're just like, "All right, fuck out of here, Sheamus." Yeah. So 
Yeah, I mean, Drew Mack needs to win. You know, the fact that they've pointed out that Goldberg, every time he comes back and challenges for a title, he wins it, is like a red herring. He's going to lose. He's got to lose. If Drew, if Goldberg wins, yeah, I'm not watching Raw anymore. I can't. Yeah, you know, that's it. That's, I, don't, I don't know where that goes. I don't know where it goes. Because it's not like you're doing it to build Roman Reigns like you were last year. Roman doesn't need anything. Like, you're not, Goldberg can't build anyone. No, there's nothing you can do with Goldberg. He doesn't build Drew Mack in this match. No, but I think Drew's going to win, and I'll explain why a little bit later. And then Roman Reigns versus Kevin Owens' last man standing match. KO can't win. No, no. The deck is stacked against Yes, KO's not going to win. He's going to give give us another fantastic match because that's who Kevin Owens is. Incredible match. And it's going to be another great match for Roman Reigns. Yeah. Who hasn't had a bad match since returning. Um I wonder if maybe we get the other Uso back. And then we... They, they need, like, an added element, right? Like, something. Maybe Kevin Owens finally finds a way to overcome what Jay and Roman, but now Jimmy really screws him over. And now we finally get, like, the Trinity, you know, group right there. Like a superpower group yes. for Roman. I mean, I feel like Jimmy has to come back. And uh, the reason why... Is not just because you put these three together. It's because one, the Street Profits need to get the tag titles back, and I need just selfishly all the things that Jay Uso told me in the interview before his match with Roman Reigns. I need them all to happen, which means he basically told me everything that was going to happen. One, he said, "I love the team Roman, Roman Reigns. Even if that's even if we got beef, that's still my cousin, and you know we'll get a drink and we can form a unit." And it happened. Like he spoiled everything in our interview. And the next thing he said was, when I asked him about tag teams, he's like, I want a few with the Street Profits. And in my head, I was like, well, how are you going to get there as a babyface? They're babyfaces. And then, but I was like, yo, you just talked about joining Roman Reigns. You can't wait till your brother comes back. Oh, that's how we get there. Because Street Profits versus the Usos at WrestleMania is the tag team match to make. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, he should come. Like, Jimmy should come back just to really put the ball in motion here. I don't know why the Street Profits lost the tag titles. I, I'm still baffled by this decision, but they'll get them back. Oh, yeah, I agree. I don't I don't know why they lost it either, but maybe we, they just run it back on the pre-show or something. We don't have pre-show matches announced yet. Maybe they run it back I don't, and win there it. There isn't a pre-show. The time we get to There's no pre-show. There's no pre-show? <laughs> oh, I didn't know they cut pre-shows. Well, I'll be. Yeah, I don't know when they win this shit then, but I, I feel like they should get that back. Um it only makes sense. It makes no sense for them not to hold the titles. Maybe they just need to chase for a second and get an edge back or something. And then we have the Royal Rumble matches. So let's start off with the women's Royal Rumble match. Who's your guest for the surprise entrant? This year? Oh, there's got to be a bunch of them because they've only announced like eight people. <laughs> so it's good. I mean, I feel like. Yeah, but I mean, there's a lot of women on the roster now, plus NXT women. We always get a shit ton. Yeah, of so I mean, we're definitely going to get Rhea Ripley. We're going to get. Um, Beth Phoenix will probably show up again. Uh, I feel like Trish Stratus is going to pop up just because. Um, That'd be dope. There's just so much room for like a lot of NXT talent to be in this match. And I wouldn't be surprised by any of it because, they, again, they've only announced like eight people. It's bananas. But there's only one winner here or else we, we riot. 
We were Bianca Belair must win. She must win. And if you guys haven't read my, even though they gave her a twenty four seven special, which is like the key that she's losing. Yeah, the Chronicles usually do that, but Chronicles usually, but usually do. If I mean, listen, if anybody, if I hope you guys read my interview with Bianca Belair from last week, and she's just she's amazing, just as an individual as a talent, she's just been great, and it feels like there's really no other way to go, but Bianca, because. What? Well, they could do Elimination Chamber and have her nah, go through nah. that and into a title. Here's, here's why. Here's why I think B- Bianca wins will be right. 2019, Charlotte won the Royal Rumble. Who did Charlotte eliminate on the way to winning? Bianca Belair. She won that last year, 2020. Oh, 2020. Yeah. I keep this. Yeah. Man, 2020 is so long, I still think it's 2020. Yeah. yeah um, but yes, yeah, she won in 2020. And she eliminated Bianca on the way to winning that Royal Rumble. Which yep. means the last two in this Royal Rumble have to be Bianca and Charlotte. Okay. And Bianca's got- not Bianca and Bailey. No, Bianca. Bianca is going to eliminate Bailey, and they're going to extend their feud into that pay per view right before WrestleMania. Yeah. And Bianca will win there because you got to heat Bianca up. But I, there's just Lord, I would take a triple threat if we can get it. Though. I don't. I don't need that. I, I, Her Bailey and Sasha. No. Mm-mm. No. 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 One on one. The only problem with this is, fast forwarding. Let's just say Bianca wins. Bianca can't beat Sasha at WrestleMania. Wonder why? Because Sasha's like zero and six at WrestleMania. Yeah. <laughs> I need Sasha to win at WrestleMania, but I wouldn't be mad if Bianca beat her. But I'm just saying, two black women headlining WrestleMania. Put them on night one. Let them main event. Yeah, I would be with that. But Sasha, if we're keeping it a buck, like Roman is great. Right now, like I mean, Roman's going to be the wrestler of the year, but on the roster, not old ass people, not part timers, on the roster, Sasha Banks is the biggest star in the WWE. I mean, yeah, the Mandalorian. She's in the Mandalorian. Like she's on the cover of like GQ for her birthday or some shit last week, or Vogue or whatever that was. She is the biggest crossover star in the company. And you know what? She should main event night. The best part about this is like. She's always been this star. But fortunately, Charlotte went away. And when Charlotte went away and you had the Bailey Sash thing, even though I still think they moved that one too quick, but whatever. But when it comes to the work in the ring, like Charlotte is really good. But there's just a different level to what Sasha does that gets fans like emotionally attached. Like the way she sells, the way she is emotional when she wins. Like Sasha is just incredible. And strangely enough... I, her babyface run hasn't soured me. You know what I'm saying? Like, usually, when she's a uh, babyface, it's like, eh, turn heel, because you're a better heel. But no. Yeah. This is it. No, it's kind of authentic this time. Yes. Like, it's not overly done, you know? Like, it's not like she's overly nice, crying after everything. She's still the boss. Yes. Just as a babyface. Strangely enough, I don't... She's just not cheating. I don't know to win. how they are not... I guess I do know, because I don't really need it, but... Why we don't have Sasha and Carmella at Royal Rumble is strange to me. Sasha's doing nothing at Royal Rumble. Mm. But whatever. But Bianca has yeah, to win. It's Bianca or Bust. I can't. The only per- other person I could see them going to is Alexa Bliss. I'm not mad at that. I am mad at that because Bianca needs to win. Alexa Bliss. Okay, yeah, me too. Alexa like, should run I the table. Alexa, at, over Alexa should run the table at elimination. T- not run the table. Alexa should win elimination chamber if that's what yeah, you plan on like doing. Like come out last. But they, <laughs> but see, that would mean a couple things need to happen here. One, if Bianca wins, she's going to challenge Sasha. If Alexa wins, she challenges Asuka. 
Where does that leave Charlotte? I don't know. They'll find a way to shoehorn her in. I, I don't know. They've kind of, they fucked up with a lot of things here. I feel like you might be right. The title might be coming off of Oscar before WrestleMania. Yeah, like, because I, I think they're more than comfortable with leaving Asuka off of the card. They've blown it with her. Again. And having Charlotte. I'm, I'm more convinced that even, like, say, Alexa wins the chamber, Charlotte would probably be Asuka off of them beefing. There's, there's no reason for them to be tag team champions. No, it's stupid. Unless they're going to split and beef. Yes. And Charlotte's going to win that. Yeah, you're probably right. You know who really gets the short end of the stick about all this? Shayna Baszler. Remember when Shayna Baszler showed up at Elimination Chamber and beat everybody? Yeah, that was a year ago. Yeah, and then <laughs> she went and lost to Becky, and then she became like an afterthought. Like if they played their, co- at least she's not on main event. She's been on Raw every week. Yeah, she's part of the tag team. That's champions. true. But still, man, as Shayna Baszler, I thought we'd get a Shayna Baszler Oscar match, but you yeah. know, horse women must pose. Yep, but I, I think she's probably, again, we have like another eight months until this, but um, in September, she should probably just move to SmackDown yeah. for what that show is. We, do, we have no idea what that show is going to be. It's better than Raw. For now. It could change again. Could flip. But yeah, to me, it's better than Raw, so she would fit well over there. Uh, men's Royal Rumble match, a little more open than the women's match. A lot more open. Only, I mean, a lot of people declared, though. Only 12 spots. Yeah, I know. We're going to have a bunch of people pop up. But, uh, yeah, I couldn't tell you. Actually, I can tell you who I think is going to win this. The Fiend. And I'll hate every minute mm. of it. I, I like The no. Fiend. I hate him in the title picture. God. I like The Fiend. I, I'm looking forward to his return. I would love for his return to come back and screw Randy Orton and that be it. Like, I don't even care if he's in the fucking match. Just pull him under the ring or something and scare the shit out of people, and that'd be it. Cost Randy. Well, they have a perfect opportunity because there's no crowd here that can do some cinematic shit where, like, Bray Wyatt comes as Bray Wyatt and The Fiend and, like, like, they could be different iterations of Bray Wyatt like they had different iterations of Mick Foley, but you could be a little bit more... That'd be dope. You could do that. But I have this sinking feeling that the fiend can win the royal rumble because one nobody's thinking about him winning a lot of people are looking at daniel bryan to win i don't think daniel bryan's gonna win i think daniel bryan's on the tail end tail end of his career and daniel's just really trying to put people over yeah the reason why i think the fiend could win this is because drew mcintyre needs an opponent and if unless the rock shows up to challenge roman reigns and you don't even need the royal rumble for that like Drew McIntyre no, would do it anyway. Drew has nobody. He's already beat Keith Lee, which was stupid to, to spend that on a Raw. But yeah, the, but I, I think that's cool because you give Keith something to chase. I'm not mad at. That. Yeah, I'm just saying. But, but, but when it comes to um, opponents, yeah, it's Sheamus, Miz. That's yeah. There's no way in hell they'll do that at WrestleMania. Like. They could do shit. You know who I really... Unless you do some, like, triple threat you, shit. Again, a lot of it's shenanigans. But, like, if Morrison wins, that's not, he's automatically there, and then Miz cashes then, in to make sure would, it's, like, two against one. They would one. never do that. Ever. Oh, I mean, you stack the odds. They would this. never do that. Never. Never. They would put The Fiend over to challenge Drew McIntyre before, way before they would do that. But you know who I'd really like to win this? A super dark horse. It's never going to happen. Take a wild guess who I'm thinking right now. 
for a match against Drew McIntyre at WrestleMania? Drew Mac. Are you? No, I mean. Do you need a hint? I'll give you some hints. It's not gender. No, fuck no. I'll give you some hints. I've seen a gender rumor. Yeah, but that, no, that's not it. I'll give you. You want a hint? It's yeah. not on Raw or SmackDown. Wow. Um, we're going Battler? Nope. It has to be NXT. So, there's no one else left. Adam Cole? No, I have no clue. Walter. Oh, you're trying to go like super UK pop. Give like, me Walter versus. Champ versus Champ. Give me Walter versus Drew Mack at WrestleMania. Oh, you just want them chopping Yo, the fuck out of each other. Just, I mean, just think about it. <laughs> Walter being Walter, even though like this COVID, everything's kind of spoiled, like the, the visibility of Walter. But Walter had what I thought was the best WWE match right last year with Dragunov. Just yeah. picture Walter and Drew Mack beating the fuck. Like, because obviously, Sasha will probably main event one of the nights. That should happen. And on the other side, it'll more than likely be Roman Reigns. And if it's Roman yeah. Reigns versus The Rock, which is obviously what they're trying to do, but who knows if they could spend the right amount of money to get The Rock? But The Rock has a TV show coming up, which lends me to believe that they could really just throw a bunch of money at him with the Peacock deal now. Yep. Try to promo it. Yes. And they could do The Rock yeah. versus Roman. You got the Samoan angle. You can do this. Rock could win the Royal Rumble. You don't really need it. But if you do a match between Drew Mack and Walter on some straight banger ass match, the NXT UK champion who hasn't lost in God knows how long. I think the only time he's yeah. lost was at the stupid ass Survivor Series two years ago. Yeah, that's the only time he's been pinned. No, um, he was pinned in a tag match by Dragunov. Was he? Okay, so he hasn't been pinned yep. in singles competition. Leading into so that. He's, no, he's not, never been pinned in singles competition. And you you mean to tell... I don't think he's ever, listen, like, outside of PWG. You put him in a match with Drew Mack. How could that not be a banger? That's great, but Vince is going to put a shirt on Walter, and then I'll just be pissed. I, I'm just saying. I'm just going to put I'm, Walter in a single. It'll never happen. <laughs> I'm just telling you that the fact that... You look at two dominant champions, and Walter yep. is a dominant champion, and you don't really have a clear front runner to win the Royal Rumble. So you put if Walter were to win it, and like let's just say like this year they decided to go with the women main eventing the Royal Rumble instead of the men and flipped it for once because they can. No, did they? Yeah, yeah, they, they could do yeah. it this year. Well, Oscar won at the end. And Ronda came out and pointed. Yeah, so when you're, right. That, that's, that's, you're right. That's right. You're right. But I'm just saying, there's no clear front runner. <coughs> Walt, like Walter, shows up, and then I, I don't know. I, that's what I, I. That's just a match that I would like to see selfishly because you, you know, they could deliver a match of the year quality uh, showdown. It's just, it's just not going to happen because Vince is, is Vince. It's not going to happen. Yeah, Vince is Vince. No, that would be one hell of a match though. Um. Man, I just, yeah, you mentioned Drew. There's not a match that makes him feel grand. The Fiend, that's it. That's the only way they can go. No, well, I'm, here's my pick. You pick The Fiend, I'm picking Edge. Because I, I think Edge versus Drew Mack could be a little bit more of a grandiose match for Drew, and I think Drew loses. Mm. But we'll get to that when we get to that. Yeah, I mean. But, yeah, I think Edge, Edge could win. He could definitely That was my hell of a promo, yes. too. You know, and you don't know how long he's going to be around. He got injured right away. Yeah. It might be the swan song. I think 
The strange thing about this Royal Rumble is it feels like the stakes aren't high because nobody's really cared. They've like kind of said, first of all, the rules to be in the Royal Rumble make no sense. Some guys just declare. Some guys feel like they have to wrestle to get into it like Ricochet did with AJ Styles. Like, I don't understand this. Like, I don't know what differentiates, hey, I'm just going to be in the Royal Rumble versus I deserve a spot. Just fucking declare. There's, There's so many spots open. Just go declare. But Edge is the only person who gave me a promo that felt like he needed to win the Royal Rumble. He's the only person. I don't understand. The one thing I haven't liked about SmackDown, it's very minor because SmackDown's been really good. Shinsuke Nakamura has this incredible gauntlet match. And it feels like, oh, yeah, they could pivot to to Shinsuke and Roman. Then Shinsuke doesn't really do anything for the next two weeks. He, like, accompanies Cesaro, and he wrestles Jey Uso. That's really it. If there was That's if it. there was any person who should cut a promo and says I need the Royal Rumble because I need that match, it should be Shinsuke Nakamura. He's the one person on the roster who should who was like I was this close, I got screwed, I have a built-in storyline because I got screwed, I need to win this Royal Rumble. There's no weight on this Royal Rumble. You know who we didn't mention winning the Royal Rumble? Biggie. Nah, because he got the IC title. I feel like we're a, a year away from they're, that. They're, I actually like his feud. They're, they're not like. Why? It, why don't they have a match? I don't know. I don't know. Oh, it's on SmackDown. Yeah, but Biggie, I think they're in a position now with E that they don't want him to lose yet. So if he were to wrestle Roman, he'd have to lose. Yeah, let it build. I don't care if you give Roman the title for a calendar year from yeah, now. It depends. He could be champion for a whole another year, build it up, and if Big E beats him next year at Mania, that feels great. I just, I just. My only, I think I've said this before. I have a concern that they're going to overexpose Roman Reigns. He is very dominant on SmackDown. He, it yeah, feels like he's on every thirty minutes. Show, like, it, he's done very well with. It. He had, I mean, they and they they've mixed in other characters. Like I like what they're doing um, with what's his face bringing him in as kind of a foil and using him to trick Roman. Who Adam Pierce? Paul Heyman. Adam Pierce. Paul Heyman. Like they're at least giving him different characters. To play off of in all of these segments. It's just, it's cr- Apollo Crews was one of them to get him on TV again. You know, that was like his third appearance of the night, but at least Crews is there. He's playing off of a lot of different pieces. I'm just, it's dangerous because, yeah, it's cool now, but eventually it's gonna be like, all right, now what do we do with him? Like, Vince just has a nasty habit of burning out people who are hot and putting them on multiple seg- segments. And as great as Roman is, at a certain point, less is more. Yeah, and I you know, and you can tell other stories. Fortunately, SmackDown has this thing. It's like there's only a two-hour show, but you've had like Roman and Kevin Owens. You have Bianca and Bailey, which was really fun. Last the obstacle course was fun. Her picking up Otis is something else. Um, yeah, <laughs> you have Cesaro and Daniel Bryan with their yep. back and forth, which has been fun. Biggie and Apollo. Like I can tell you all the stories. Carmella and Sasha. When I go to Raw, I can't tell you what the fuck's going on over there. They don't know what the fuck's going on. Yeah, Matt Riddle versus the Hurt Business, I guess. Yeah, which is whatever. Yeah. You, um, hey, why is Ricky... Riot Squad. The Riot Squad got a program on SmackDown. Yeah. Like, that's a great program. And they only got two hours. They've got, they got way more programs than Raw. Hey, man, I know your favorite wrestler is like Ricochet, but can Ricochet win anything? Like, he loses feuds and then just moves on to another feud to lose. Have you noticed yeah, this? Yeah, looked good losing this past week. Huh? He looked good losing I'm this just, past But week. I'm just saying, like, okay... Uh, hurt business beat the shit out of him then he moved on to retribution beat the shit out of him then he just lost to AJ Styles when is he going to win a match 
I don't know, man. Because it's over. I don't have a good answer for that. It is over. It's not over. It's he over. ain't leaving. It's over for Ricochet. I don't know what he's doing. You know who else is who's been great in the, if if he wasn't stuck in a terrible group? It's over if he was seeing Almas and he wasn't on TV. Oh, Almas is if he was Alistair Black and he wasn't on TV. Uh, okay, we're getting dangerously close to Ricochet just being on main event. Um, but they ain't even on main event. That's over. One one feud that Raw has in the pocket that I'm ready for is Mustafa Ali and Kofi Kingston. Because Ali has been fantastic. Retribution sucks, but man, he is good. Oh, yeah. Him versus, uh, um, I almost called him Austin Creed. Xavier Woods. <laughs> him versus Xavier has been really good. Keeping the momentum going for him versus Kofi, which has a ton of stuff to pull from. Yeah. Because Kofi stole Kofi Mania from him. It's, that's, that. It, he, he doesn't need retribution. No, but that's a WrestleMania It, it gives him an yeah, it gives him an edge, I guess, because it makes him more like villainous feeling. But they could be nameless, like they could be shape. Like I get it, but he's good with or without them. You're just paying extra people for no reason. Yeah, I'm. I'm glad that they they've given him screen time because when he talks, I listen. And then his social media yeah. is great as well. Ali versus oh, Kofi the- is the match to make at WrestleMania. What talking smack and the the raw he's, he, show? He's good. The raw show after the thing; those are incredible. I'm so glad those came back. By the way, how great is Paul Heyman on talking smack? Listen, man. <laughs> Yo, how great is he? Just interviewing, just people. in as a whole. Paul Heyman is just he brings the best out of people because he he's the, it never feels fraudulent with Paul Heyman. It feels genuine whenever Paul Heyman has something to say. When he talked to Big E, when he talked to Apollo Crews, when he talked to Kevin Owens, he he brings out the best in whoever he's talking to. Between him and Renee Young, when Renee was hosting Talking Smack, and oh, those two. That shit was great. Look, I like Charlie Caruso, but Renee Young, man, they fucked up losing her. They never used Renee right. Renee was like. The, like if Renee and Paul Heyman had a show, I'd watch that shit every week. <laughs> the, it's, it's so good. They get so much out of those wrestling characters during those shows. Which begs the question of why don't they do more of that on air? Because it's not. I feel like Vince doesn't care about talking smack. That's why it works. Like it, as long as Vince is not watching the shit, you can do whatever you want. <laughs> True. Like, but once Vince starts watching, then he's gonna want to script it, and he's gonna tell you how to, you know, cut a promo, and he's gonna he's gonna get involved. He's gonna Vinceize it, and then you're not gonna like it anymore. So as long as Talking Smack can live in a realm with outside of Vince's reach, just like NXT, when it's outside of Vince's reach, it does remarkably well. When Vince starts getting his dirty little paws on it, it starts fucking things up because Vince thinks he knows better than us. Dixie knows better than everyone. It's like, which, we're the fans, dude. The Relax. We don't like everything yeah. to come up with. All right. So those are our official picks for the Rumble matches. You have The Fiend and... Bianca. And Bianca. I have Bianca and Edge. I think either way, outside of The Fiend, <laughs> we, we get good matchups on either side. We'll see if we're right. We're actually going to do a recap show probably after the Rumble. Yep. On Sunday and put that out. So back-to-back wrestling shows for you guys. 
Hopefully you guys enjoyed our preview show today. We appreciate you. Make sure you guys stay safe, stay Rona free. You can follow us on social media at Corner Podcast underscore on Twitter, at Corner Club for Life on Instagram. Check out our other show as well, Wrestling with Stereotypes on adfreeshows.com. Just booked another guest. It's going to be a fun one. So make sure you guys check that out as well. That's getting some traction. We appreciate you for supporting that. Until next time, though. We're out. Peace. Annie had an earache on a Saturday of all days. So her mom brought her to Minute Clinic at CVS, where you can see a provider, fill a prescription, and grab essentials like pain relief products, all in one visit. Even on evenings and weekends, you can even see us online with telehealth options. For quality, affordable care on your schedule, visit Minute Clinic at CVS. That's healthier made easier. Services vary by location. See MinuteClinic.com for details. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com